0: Peacock Streaming, the biggest live events from Super Bowl
1: 56 to complete coverage of the Winter Olympics. It's
0: all the unbelievable sports to love. Sign up now at PeacockTV.com.
2: Good morning and welcome to a fresh batch of Arsenal opinion. I have got Matt Candela on the line. Hi, Pete. I've got Ash on the line. Oh, hi, guys. Um, we're uh, we're back on another podcast, reunited together, reunited in yet more Arsenal misery. Um, another poor result of the weekend. More pressure on Unai Emery. Stories coming from everywhere that he is a dead man walking. Uh, guys, uh, like top line Southampton. What the hell happened there? Uh, yeah. It was, I
1: mean, completely. Sort of completely expected, wasn't it? Really, um, and I know this makes me sound like a terrible fan, but I, I'm purely interested in getting Unai Emery at the club as quickly as possible. So uh, I think I felt a bit like the players when we equalised, and was just my my first reaction was not to celebrate, but to say, I really, really hope this doesn't mean that he stays any longer than uh, than he was going to a minute ago.
0: Rash. Um yeah, no, I tend to agree actually, Matt. I mean, that's a it's a very good point. I think we it we are watching it's we're watching a car crash in slow motion. Not one person believed that he was the right person two weeks ago, um, and I think yesterday proved it. And we're all sitting there going, and well, I, I think the, the telling moment was the second goal went in, and the well, no one left in the uh, those who were left in the ground were just like, oh well. More wallpaper, another crack covered.
2: It was it was very much the yeah no, and everybody realised that. I think I think Lacazette's face said it all, didn't it? Not many people score in the ninety fifth minute and look utterly dejected. He was like, "Shit, I've just the 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 circus goes on for another two weeks."
0: We've 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 all been there. You score a last minute equaliser, you lose your mind. It doesn't matter who it, it is, even if it is the bottom team, right? You lose your mind. It's the most adrenaline driving moment in a in a crowd when you're there at the game. It's different when you're at home. When you are there, that's when you're hugging the person you've never met before next to you. You know, it's when you're high fiving people. It's literally you're bruising each other because you're jumping that hard. It literally felt like, uh, oh yeah. I'm going rest and- of my day
1: now. People have been asking if if there's one reason why Unai Emery should still be in charge. And I think the only one reason why he can still be in charge is because we haven't locked in a replacement. There is now no reason for him to be anywhere near our football club.
2: Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, the, the craziest thing about Uno Emery, and I think we've spoken about it before, the, the I don't know what you call it, managerial uh, EQ, IQ, however you want to frame it, but he's had two weeks to think about what a mess the, the front end of the season is. He comes back and his first press conference is all about telling the fans how he's excited to bring Jack back into the fold because he thinks he's a great player. Like, what a huge error. Then we set up against Southampton... With, uh, with three at the back, uh, w- which, you know, uh, at least he could bring Tierney and Bellerin into the mix and, and Jacker wasn't actually in the squad. That was exciting. But one of the most uh, interesting comments that I read post-game, it was everyone's focusing on Arsenal playing three at the back against Southampton. No one's focused on the fact that Southampton switched from th- three at the back to, to a 4-3-3. Southampton, 19th in the table, came to attack us because they thought they could get a win. I mean, that's, that's, how, that's how bad things are at the moment.
0: Well, and they looked good for it for a long time as well, didn't they? <laughs> they did. No, nothing against... I thought, Tierney, I thought Tierney had a great game, but in the context of everyone else being not great. Um, uh, he got it completely wrong, and then he changes it again at half-time. And then he changed it three more times in the second half. And this bloke
2: doesn't know what he's doing, does he? No, and I, I think the other thing, uh, the other challenge that he's having, Ash, is um, you know, we, we speak about downing tools, and I think a lot of people are like, well, downing tools literally means William Gallas sitting on the halfway line. But all it takes is 5% for those players to switch off. And I think you saw it. There was a moment in the game where uh, Torreira was tracking back and he was jockeying. And um, I can't remember which Southampton player it is, but the Southampton player cut inside, and Torreira jogged to to, to cover the, the the shot, and and a and shot was ripped off. And it's like there were lots of moments in that game that just reminded you that the players aren't switched on, particularly for the f- totally. for the first goal
0: yeah. when
2: that that quick free kick. It is Sunday League play to the whistle. Half the team. Uh, ran to the referee.
0: uh... Do you know who the worst one was in all of that, actually? You watch it back in slow-mo and all that kind of stuff. Just watch David Luiz's behaviour in that. I mean, he's, he's barely interested, sort of jogging back, not even turning around when it goes in. I'm not blaming him as an individual, but I think it's symptomatic of the wider problem in the in the team. And he's someone new who should be slightly more energetic to, to, you know, I've got to prove myself to the club, the fans, the manager, the people that have bought me. And, you know, you can't fault him for trying. He's definitely fucked up a few times.
1: I think these guys the things, don't know what they're doing. Yeah, I think one of the things about David Louise is the really scary thing, I think, is how he's arrived at this club and the dynamics that now exist in the sense of, We've got the super agents who are just using us to give players one last deal before they retire. We've got players who are arriving not based on merit. We've got uh, the mix-up in the whole hierarchy. And I was saying to someone the other day, I was saying, the thing that's depressing is we don't have one person within the club who we think could turn this round. In the sense of we've got... Raoul and Vinay, who are complete shambles, it seems. Edu, who seems, not, not,
0: not the great white hope. Uh, well, I do think he's <laughs> empowered. This is the whole thing. I think everyone's expecting Edu to be the man in charge. He's not. He is. Raoul's words in that long, boring-ass interview, you know, and Vinay was there. Edu's job is to be that transition between the youth setup. And the first team, he's that bridge. Technically, that bridge. It doesn't mean he's got any responsibility over the manager. He's got responsibility over the academy. But I don't well, think it is Edu.
2: I think it's quite a lot of speculation at the moment, isn't it? Because we are about to see in the next few weeks uh, how much influence Edu has over the setup. I mean, if we if we hire in a hack, one would have to assume that it's through the the contacts network of Raúl. If we hire in somebody a bit more progressive then maybe like Edu is working with people like Per saka um, behind the scenes to envision a better Arsenal. But certainly for the minute, it's not looking, um, it's not looking particularly good. One of the things that Matt Scott mentioned, like Matt Scott had quite a, uh, a big defence of Unai Emery last week. And one of his big points is that he thinks the squad is just a bit shit. Um, like, what do what do you guys think about that sort of statement? Like, as a, as a defence of as, as a defensive cover for Unai Emery? Do we believe that?
1: They should have more than enough um, to to beat Southampton, who are nineteenth, obviously. So, um, it's really difficult to tell. We're going to have to wait and see what the new manager can get out of them. I mean, Nicolas Pepe is a great example. Is he a top quality player who can thrive in the Premier League um, and and rediscover the form of last year because right now he wouldn't even get into our academy team. He looks completely shot to me. He looks like a league League Cup player. So um, that moment in the in when he when he squared to Özil instead of going for goal shows how 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 shot his confidence is. So I don't know whether we've got a good squad anymore. I, I thought we had at the beginning of the season before we started, but right now um, there's there's a
0: lot of question marks about it. I've got. I mean, I think that's quite an interesting. Uh, perspective. I don't think we have a bad squad of players, and I think your are kind of opening gambit there, Matt, which where you said these players should be, you know, big enough and good enough to take it by the scruff of the neck and kind of get on with it. I think how much he's kind of neutralised the leadership within that by this five captains, the vote. I mean, I don't want to go over old crap again, but I think he may have actually just turned them into individual robots. Because i don't think any of these players about i mean how did mesut ozil go from scoring 25 goals in all competitions two years ago plus the three million assists to this it didn't happen because i mean we can talk about his illness and sean there's a few things but he didn't stop being a good footballer um he just you know he might train a bit like that i think I think he manages them all to be at the data or be it to them all being individual and, you know, one unit of something without managing the characters. Someone like a Pepe probably needs an arm around the shoulder. I mean, actually, he had a great shot later on in that game. Um, My personal point of view is I think he did the right thing trying to square it to Erzo. I thought it was a better, well, maybe that was after he took the first touch. But anyway, look, there we go. Uh, I think the so, interesting
1: thing though is I saw um, I was watching the Spurs game and you know we, we were all in agreement that we don't want Mourinho but I watched that game and one the guy's got a lot of charisma two he had them all fired up I mean oh, they God, were yeah. they were steaming into challenges they were not going to not play. that Son has not played like that in a while
0: it's true
1: it's true and they were, they were all fired up and then he got the fans fired up. He, the way he was ushering the players over, the way he was going over, it's, you know. And, and
0: you, just, you could just see, you go, whatever you think of him, he galvanises football The Spurs club. fans, Matt, the Spurs fans don't want him. I've got, I mean, I know too many of them, unfortunately. I have to call them friends, sort of, you know, six days of the week. They were all disgusted with the way this was done. They're all very anti-Levy. And they're all very anti having Mourinho at the club, but you're right, he did. That refresh has clearly done something. Whether it's all Mourinho or the fact that it's a change manager is a question.
2: I yeah. think this comes down to the simple, uh, you know, the, the simplest thing that should have been on the requirements for this job uh, keen, a keen grasp of the English language and some sort of, you know, the, the special source that I speak about. Like, uh, um, jo- yeah. Jose Mourinho is galvanising Spurs fans and players after being the enemy for the best part of 15 years. Unai Emery, uh, rightly or wrongly, is being mocked by a Sky Sports News presenter oh, that, in an interview that, 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 after the game. Matt.
0: Uh, he, that is unfair. He is absolutely
2: galvanising the Arsenal fanbag's <laughs> That's <laughs> so true. But do you know what I mean? And uh, uh, there's a lot of, um, you know, like uh, the, the the overwoke Arsenal community. You know, there's a, there's a lot of um, cuckness that goes on, isn't there? You know, Father Wenger. and now everybody's upset that Unai Emery is being slayed for saying "Good evening." Like the the simple fact of the matter is, Unai Emery is paid six million pounds a year. He's been here twenty months. And he still hasn't mastered the word evening. Like, what does that tell you about attention to detail? If he can't, like, look at the internet or look at how he's perceived online, and, and just switch that one thing, pronounce your 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 B's but, but hey, B's. We, we
0: talked we talked about this. This is all about the comms team, uh, but, not in charge of that. Ha- not but, in charge of handling but, all this crap, but, right? But, is it, but isn't it? These is stories it, never would have got out before.
2: But, this, but come on, Ash. This isn't just down to the comms team. This is down to the, you know, the self awareness, the or, or the awareness of the culture around him. You know, not understanding that Jacker is going to go down like a lead balloon with the fans. Um, not understanding uh, like some of the microaggressions that he 's had against better players is you know that they 're going to snowball into this effect where players stop listening to him I think the the language thing and his, his lack of ability to master it uh, like, like says it all like it really is a lack of attention to detail i 've got two i 've got two cousins um who are who are uh, i think living in Belgium now anyway they they have mastered spanish to a level where they can talk to uh, my girlfriend on the phone fluently, uh, like impeccably. They've mastered it inside a year because they want to go to South America and likely meet girls <laughs> who speak Spanish because that's, that's whatever their flavor is. But, you know, like if, 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 two, if two guys uh, like who work in a trade can master Spanish through the apps inside a year, somebody that's paid £6 million a year to be at one of the biggest clubs in the world can surely have a better understanding of something which is essential to his job, but he doesn't. And like that, I think that that Sky Sports interview was a disgrace. I think it came across as bullying, but ultimately if a Sky Sports news presenter can bully the manager, what's going on behind the scenes? Well, 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 we we said this last
0: week, he got bullied by Brandon Rogers in TV and, you know, the mind games, every manager's at him. This, this, this isn't just that, my point about the comms team, I think you're right, it's not just the comms team. And we're all right to complain about the football part of this team. I think it's the complete implosion of the club, right? Because it's, its we can sit here and talk about the manager, but the manager's being facilitated by everyone else above him, apart from a couple of people who are there, kind of in this, kind of, these horrible titular titles. So Chips Keswick felt so terrible he wanted to resign, he wanted David O'Leary on the board. They don't need a board, right? It just needs to be three guys. That's what they've got. But no one's, no one's doing anything other than briefing the press. And if they are not even letting the comms team in, who are the experts to do it, they may not be doing a bad job. I don't think they're allowed to be doing their job. This is, this is symptomatic of the way this club is being run. We go back to the 1920s, we've been run impeccably. And I think what's happening is the end of all of that, of us being a class act, we can't buy class, all that stuff is ending. And it's the Cronkies that are doing it.
2: Matt, what do you think? Are we becoming a, an unarsenal arsenal um, organisation? Like, like, Is the deterioration, like? does it go further than just the manager? What do you think?
1: Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a hard one, isn't it? Because I think that one of the reasons that they haven't pulled the trigger is, well, was because they didn't want to be seen as one of those clubs that suddenly has a managerial merry-go-round. And there is probably a piece, of, piece of, of someone somewhere that's going, it's not the Arsenal way, we had to put our former manager for this long, all of this sort of stuff. Um, but the problem is uh, football's changed. You know, it's just, uh, it's, it's, it's not the same. Social media means fans, play. everyone's under a lot more scrutiny. Uh, fans have much more of a voice. Uh, Players have a lot more, more power, money. right?
2: There's,
1: there's more money involved, everything. So it really depends. And I think you go, what does behaving with class look like today for a football club? Um, and (laughs) it's really, really hard, isn't it, because um, it's really difficult to behave, because class, you'd probably go, oh, it means sticking with your manager through thick and thin and doing this and doing that. The problem is that it's impossible to do that right now, and I'd almost argue the way that sort of Spurs and Chelsea have done it, where as soon as something's not working, they move fast, they fix it fast, and they move on, it's probably the best way of doing it, really, and um and yeah, it's just just football's football's
0: evolved and like firing. Ha- so- but I think I think it has. I'm not disagreeing with that for one minute. But Peter Hillwood had to fire Don Howe as manager, right, to hire George Gray. It's about my first real memory of of being an Arsenal fan. I was about eleven years old. Don Howe, who shares my birthday and grew up, well, lived where I grew up, anyway, um, for many, many years. And this is someone that has, has been a legend at two clubs, right? So that happened. But by the way, Don Howe got the job because Terry Neal got fired. He was, uh, you know, someone we, we actually stole from Spurs. He was our guy and we got him back. And by the way, the quality of the football right now is about where Terry Neal was. Don Howe, by the way, was felt so slighted by the club at the time, but he came back. Right. He actually came back. And that's the Arsenal way. Doesn't mean you don't make tough decisions. We fired Bruce Rioch.
1: Yeah. Yeah, We, fired, look, we did.
2: Maybe really? you and I Emery will come back. <laughs> Maybe we should invite him back. But, the, um,
0: but you know what I mean? There are, there are all these things that say, you're right. I think we're blighted by the Wenghies, right? And we are. And we got blinded. But it has been under the current ownership that that's all changed. Prior to that, we have made pragmatic decisions when they needed to be made, right? We really have. I think. And it's just that you know, fan bases change because people have people are younger. New people come along. Not that many people are old gits like me that can remember the shit that I'm talking about. But you know, there are all these things we we've had. You can do these things
2: with class, you really can yeah i, th- I also think the um the reality of football now is that like the, the the two to three year tenure of a manager seems to be about standard now, you know even the classiest clubs in Europe struggle to hold on to their managers beyond three seasons these days, and when you start to look at it like that um and, and actually the most successful clubs don't tend to hold on to managers longer. Um, than three seasons. So, is having a long-term manager desirable nowadays? Um, is it well? it's uh, a
0: club that's just come out of having a long-term manager that went on for ten years too long, it was twenty years. Yeah. Well, I think it's the wrong thing.
2: Yeah, and uh, it- I, it's, I, I think the the thing with the, the 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 tenure of manager is that if you can see progress happening year after year, then you can you can justify holding on to uh, a coach. But I think that we're in this situation now where Raul is like, let's just let him see it out just for the sake of it. So the, like, uh, like the, the time that you get afforded as a manager is predicated on some sort of progress along the way, and I don't think that we're seeing that. So I think it's pretty clear um, from all of the news surrounding the club at the moment that regardless of what... Um, what Raul is trying to lead to the press. He's a He knows the Unai Emery is a dead man walking. I think the body language of the manager looks completely shot. Um, so uh, there are a few stories emerging that, uh, that look interesting for various reasons. So in the second part of the podcast, um, which we're just going to roll straight into, I wanted to talk about um, the potential um, upsides and downsides of the various names. The hottest name on the merry-go-round of managers... Um, one that's slightly controversial, is um, Pochettino. Uh, the Spurs manager unceremoniously fired um, in the week and replaced by uh, Mourinho, which I think is a, a great thing for Arsenal long-term. But he lives in North London. He's got a son that was a sports scientist at Spurs, just quit with his dad. Um, his other son is an under-23 winger that's doing really well for them at the moment. His family life is obviously based in London. He's a great probably manager. Essex. Probably Essex. And probably, yeah. Funny. But So he's, he's, he's based in London. Arsenal fans, I think Arsenal fans quite like him, let's be honest. And uh, it, it, it makes sense for a lot of reasons. Do we think this is a massive pipe dream or could anybody see Pochettino suiting up for the Arsenal? Matt, what do you think?
1: I think it's a pipe dream. I just can't see it happening. I think he has said in the past... He, I mean, I think he said he wouldn't manage Barcelona because of his love of Espanol, um, and I think he was quoted as saying, uh, "I'd rather be a I'd rather be a farmer than than manage Arsenal." Seems seems uh, seems slightly aggressive, but uh, yeah, what's yeah. sort of farming? Yeah,
0: uh, I still listen so, to The Archers,
1: so I I can't I can't I can't really see it happening. The only the only piece of it that could make it happen, I think, is if he felt so slighted that he wanted revenge in some way but i don't think that's a good starting point for any relationship so uh i think it's i don't i think it's a nothing story so no from Um, you then no from
0: me yeah
2: ash what do you think
0: uh unemotionally on paper you'd have to consider him the only reason uh, i think we've disliked him and them so much is because he genuinely worried us and he pre- he's proven us right, right? I mean, he got rid of some tottering rooms today. We haven't had one of those in a while. Um, but I do think it's a pipe dream. Um, I think, I think the revenge thing is is something that is real. I do think he really does feel slighted by them. Uh, well, not by them. I think by Levy, and I think that's a thing. But it's a bit like George going to their place back in the day, right? I mean, it didn't really achieve much other than their last trophy, I suppose.
2: Uh, yeah, you're talking about George, the, the last <laughs> person to win a trophy, I suppose. Back, George.
0: Yeah, that George. Um I I look. I think it's interesting he's in the mix. I think he's destined for United. I think um I think it would be only be good to prove a, prove a point to those fuckers. But if that's the only reason we're doing it, that's not good enough. Um so yeah, there we go. I think we'd be foolish not to not to inquire. Inter- not, to, not to interview I mean, if you t- The worst thing would be is if we said we're interested and then he turned us the fuck down.
2: Yeah, I think I tend to agree with you. I think Pochettino is unlikely to join Arsenal. It's a pipe dream. Ultimately, he's the best manager that could come over to Arsenal at the moment, which I think is a, um, a sad indictment of the uh, situation that's going on around Europe at the moment. But I think that he'll end up at, at PSG. I know that Bayern Munich want to hire a, a manager that speaks great German. Um, so I think Thomas Duckel will probably be exited at the end of the season, and then I think that PSG will um, welcome back the prodigal son. I think he was um, captain of PSG back in the day um, when he had uh, longer hair, and I think that he'd make a lot of sense. He'd bring a lot of discipline to that side, and he'd win those trophies that are so lacking uh, in his cabinet at the moment. So, okay, that's, uh, that's three no's from us on... Um, On Pochettino. Okay, so the next tantalizing, exciting, uh, sexy, beauty and the beast kind of um, rumblings that are going on. Steve Bold and Freddie Lundberg um, to take over as an interim duo. We've got the exciting flair of Freddie Lundberg, uh, and we've got um, the shithousery of peak Steve Bold coming together to rescue Arsenal. Guys... Are you excited and
1: feeling sexy about that? I think the only possible reason to do that is if you is if that there's someone who we really believe is the future manager of Arsenal Football Club and we can 't get them till the end of the year, so to do that and then end up with someone who's available now would be crazy um, but you know when you look at the list I go there 's three managers in. Well, there's certainly um there's certainly allegory. Um, well, don't don't
2: you don't you deviate from this script, Matt. You're gonna give me an answer on Steve Boulder and Freddie Lundberg right now. <laughs> uh, don't don't, don't don't be don't be fearful of what they're gonna say about you online when you diss the sexiest man who ever done an Arsenal shirt, but if you've got an opinion you need to release that right now.
1: No, I was I was I was excited about Freddie um uh, taking over at one point, but I'm sort of like, if, if there's Pochettino and Allegri who are out of work and could be available, let's just go and get one of those in. And the thing about getting Freddie in is, re- realistically, it's uh, it's a, it, we're just wasting half a season. You know, um, I don't see him as a future manager of Arsenal Football Club um, unless, of course, everything is all about Arteta and Arteta out of his loyalty to Pep would not leave halfway through the season. Uh, which could be, could be, could be something. But uh, let's be honest, uh, Freddie and Freddie and Baldy, uh, lovely guys, legends, both of them. But they are not, they're not the future.
0: Ash, just give it to Australia. Are you? Are you? Fa- I, are dis- you fa- I disagree whether they're the future or not, right? But I think, um, I think I do agree with the fact that uh, I've uh, changed my mind since we last spoke, Pete. Um, but I do think it, they're only there for the rest of the season if they do it and I'm not sure Baldy's a part of it um, because I think it would disrupt the under-23s and if you follow what's going on with the under-23s it's taken him a few games but they're all kind of getting in there now and they're getting into their groove and we're playing well and if you look at the stats we're doing well in the league we've had a couple of decent wins I'm not saying we're the perfect article or top or anything along those lines but he's he's definitely back in the groove So it's a question of whether you've got that short term, whether you're willing to forego that short term issue of we're just not going to be the top four this season. And if we banked everything on the top four, then they've got to pull someone in uh, because I don't think it is Freddie and, and Boldy that will get us get us there. It's a sacrifice of half-season, as Matt
2: said. Guys, I start to think that we're becoming that boring podcast where we're an echo chamber. We're all agreeing because I am with you both again. I think the, uh, if, if, the, if the notion at the club is that you're keeping Unai Emery in the job because you can't get the manager that you want, you might as well just put um, Bold and Freddie Lindbergh in charge for you know, 10, 12 games while you make plans to bring in um, somebody better. Uh, I I think that Freddie Lundberg has only learned under Arsene Wenger, Unai Emery and Jonker. I think that they went to Germany, they saved Wolfsburg from relegation and then were fired uh, four months later, I think. And one of the comments from leadership at Wolfsburg was they felt the, the squad had stagnated. So that doesn't sound like somebody. I think else. that's
0: harsh on. I think that's harsh on Freddie. I think it was a youngest thing. I think mean, he got offered a big gig and he had to give it a go. But,
2: but if you, he, the it,
0: reason I, he came back for, he came back for a reason, right? He doesn't I, seem to know. I, anything. But I think,
2: I think the point is that if you've been surrounded by average, um, as as a coach, it's very difficult to say I could lead this club to glory because there's there's nothing really to point to. Um, so so I,
0: there is. He's he's done well with the under twenty. Under-23s, right? He's won a trophy. The players, that the younger players in the club respect him. I think, while I agree that he's not the long-term answer, I also think it's a bit harsh to pin a lot of bad stuff on him when he's so early on in his career. I think he's definitely got a lot of potential. Are we asking him to find it now? Hopefully not.
2: And I think that's the key point, Ash, isn't it? That it's unfair... To put somebody like Freddie Lundberg yes. into the mixer now with a broken team without a preseason to implement his ideas. 100%. Okay, all right, so we're going to move on to the next one. We've had two no's so far. You guys are very difficult to please. Okay, so Allegri, um, we interviewed him the first time round. I think the interview went very badly. I don't think his grasp of English was particularly good at the time. Uh, I think he also wanted 200 million pounds to rebuild. I think Emery has spent not not far off that amount anyway, which is the ironic uh, twist of fate. Uh, Allegri back on the scene, um, uh, a pragmatic manager who works with the tools that he's got. He's got that Italian uh, sexiness about him. He's got charisma. He's a dominant person. He's won the league six times. He's got into the Champions League final and made two semis. Guys, Allegri, how are you feeling about uh, how are you feeling about bringing him on board? <coughs>
1: Well, initially I was really, really... I thought he was the number one choice. Um, He's a guy with everything that you need. Um, But there's some weird nagging feeling I've got that he could bomb at Arsenal, and I can't really put my finger on it. I just think um, it's such a shit show at the club at the moment. It's difficult to see anyone who doesn't actually have the experience of operating within Arsenal previously to succeed. But... um, yeah i mean he's got he's he's certainly the kind of guy we need i don't I don't know what his English is like that's going to be a really really key point but you know someone who has got discipline has won things has just has managed a big club who would be coming to go and try and make a dent in the Champions League who's not just coming to make up the numbers what makes it, all of that makes him very very attractive.
2: Ash, what are we saying? Are you are you are you, are you, are you seduced by the Italian?
0: So I was definitely, and I think between this privately, we've all said over a period of time, not you know in the last three four months, I'm talking about the last three four years, yes, he would be interesting. Of course, you'd take him. I think I'm somewhere. I, I'm close to where Matt is, but something slightly different for me is that Allegri wouldn't be coming for three, four, five, six seasons. So therefore, the, the idea that the next manager, I think we all keep intimating at this, is going to build a culture at the club. I don't think that means Allegri's the guy. I think he's, he's a, he's a one-contract manager. Um, he's a disciplinarian. He would probably get our shit together and be effective for that period of time. But would there be a legacy after that? I think that's the important question. Which means, you know, it kind of comes back to the last point we were talking about, which is, do you have to really sit back and think about it? Because I think the club's going to have to make a decision in the next 7 to 12 days before shit goes sideways to a point where they're going to have to overreact rather than react. Um, So I think for that reason, Allegri's definitely... I think you've got to consider him. But I'm not sure they'll get to that answer again for those reasons. I also think he's apparently seems very adamant on this year out. He's not going to go off and do something.
2: Uh, yeah, I, I think the Allegri story is tantalising. I think he's an exciting name, but I don't, I'm, I'm not quite sure that he maps back to the, you know, what we need at the club at the moment think he's, uh, he's going to want to win the Champions League inside two years. He's going to want an injection of cash. I don't think he is a manager at the stage of his what, career that he wants to pick do up a complete do you see getting on with?
0: Do you see him getting on with Raul? That's a big question.
2: Yeah, I know. Uh, he he's almost a manager that's too big for the club. You know, at this uh, uh, like yeah. the, the stage that we're at at the moment, almost be like that Mourinho effect, like where he's you know his personality might subsume the organisation. So I'm not quite sure the. Um,
0: well, I think he and Conte are the same person, right? So if we look at Judge Conte at Chelsea, in a and say he's eighty percent of that, I'm not sure it's the right thing for our football club, and I think.
1: You well, might get some Conte, short. You might get Conte, some
0: short-term gain. Well, Conte came in and they
1: they, went, they took them from an absolute shit show to winning the league just by a little tweak, by actually making them hard to beat in the first instance. And but is that?
0: Do you think he could do that with that, with our squad? I mean, I don't think he could. That's a, well, Chelsea. I mean, Chelsea have been sort of drilled like that and played that kind of football for a while. So I think you know to try and get us to be that. Solid, I mean, almost Italian side with a bit more flair. I don't think that's possible.
1: I, I mean, who knows? I mean, on paper, we have decent players. On the pitch, they're all shocking. Um, so, I mean, my, my dream is that there is someone out there who can turn all that potential into something tangible. Uh, and if anyone can, then, then he can. And it feels like... Well, you know, so we're, we're, it,
0: sounds like, it sounds like the question is, are we willing to forego the rest of this season?
1: Yeah, or, or would he come now? What are you talking well, about? No, are, I are, mean, I think are, we're talking, talking about, about like... do
0: we go for someone to fix it now? Or in, in your sense, Matt, I agree, Let's someone that's going to come in, inspire those guys, organise them and get them over the line this season and then push on next season? Or are we saying, let's build for the future? forego this season that's gone disastrously wrong yeah. and go it, for a three to five year season. Well, I it's one
1: been. of the interesting points around and I think Chelsea, it's been a blessing for them to have the transfer ban because it basically me- it meant that their strategy was picked for them and they had to take a different approach. And they brought Lampard in, and they brought the youth through and like I was watching Tammy Abraham yesterday and I thought he was outstanding.
0: What a great player. <laughs> um, um, i I'm, I'm, I've and, said to you guys before. I've watched him playing a lot for Villa. I've got a lot of Villa fans. I have a lot of friends who are Villa fans. Aren't I? Not I'm friends with all the Villa fans. Um, but the um, he's a phenomenal player, but the players they're putting around him, he yeah. can't but score. I
1: know, and so, but but you know that's and it really depends on what our overall strategy as a club is. Like, oh, oh is the strategy to bring the youth through, or is the strategy? To buy our way to success, because um, it 's sort of a sort of a mix at the moment, and um, you know you 'd think maybe a maybe a Lundberg is not a terrible bet if we 're saying we 're going to focus on bringing the youth through uh, for a period of time i don 't know because Allegri seems it seems it would seem an odd choice if that was the core
0: strategy of the club I think that 's absolutely fair, and I think you've said exactly
2: what I'm trying to say in a very different way. OK, all right, so Shit.
0: we're... We've got we're, to stop agreeing, 3rd so we're,
2: we're, we're on the third manager, and we've all said no again. No Potch, no Freddie and Bold, and no Allegri. OK, so the, the next one, and uh, I think Paddy Power's favourite... We're not sponsored by Paddy Power. I shouldn't have said that. Uh, Every Mick, bookmaker's favourite, I think. Mikel Arteta, he's back on the scene... Uh, we've obviously done extensive interviews with him um, in the past. Um, his stock has only risen at Manchester City. And uh, what, do we, what do we think? How are we feeling about um, about my man, mikael Arteta?
1: I think it's time to go for it, isn't it?
2: It's got to be right. He's uh, he's 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 a young coach, so uh, like will be a kingmaker. Um, he will be bringing some of that Manchester City IP over to Arsenal. He's got um, like a like a like a pretty good record now of like training up players. He turned Fabian Delph into a uh, a passable player in the Manchester City squad, like playing at left back, I think. Uh, he's widely credited for Raheem Sterling's development. Um, like he's he's the person that Pep goes to on the touchline, and that's uh, you know he's overseen a, a squad like the most successful Premier League squad of all time. Why wouldn't we want a bit of that uh, at Arsenal? And I think the other notable thing is West Ham are going to fire Pellegrini. Uh, I think that Marco Silva is done at Everton and Pep. Uh, and I think Arteta will have uh, people that are interested in his services. And you could say that's his level, or he could go there, do a brilliant job, and especially with Everton, because they spent a serious amount of money uh, in the Premier League. Like... He could he could be the next big thing in management. He's got a title Arsenal. Wouldn't we want to give it a go?
0: So he's got a title Everton, and let's be very clear: we're the same level as them. We really are in terms of spend, the types of players, and all that kind of stuff. Come on, we're um, better than Everton.
1: We're better than Everton.
0: <laughs> I <don't> know. <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying. I'm just making more noise, Matt. No, <laughs> Look, I've I've changed my mind on Mikel. I've always, I've had a little bit of a doubt about it. And uh, something this week massively changed my mind. And you're both going to laugh at me for it. And so is everyone else, but it's not my audience, Pete, it's yours. Um, but I was actually reading uh, Eddie Jones's book, which only came out on Friday, The England Rugby Coach of the Aussie. And he spent a lot of time with Pep. Um, and rugby's a very territorial positional sport, and that's what really matters. And the way he articulates the things that Pep talked to him about, how you switch that around the rugby team, I think we need, I think we need Mikel. I think we need him whether he's in charge or a number two. And I think we need someone to punch these fuckers into into submission and discipline a lot of them.
2: So I'll give you all. I'll give I'll give you guys some intel on Arteta. I was um, I was told when I when I was doing the big push for Arteta two seasons ago, somebody um, somebody very close to um, the action told me that Arteta was not a pleasant character um, back in the day when he was at Arsenal. He held everybody to a very high standard. Uh, and could be quite unpleasant in the way that he operated at times. So I think this fear that Arteta is going to be some sort of walkover is completely misguided. And I think if you read about the way, or you watch the Manchester City documentary, Pep Guardiola does not hire people that are shrinking violets. And I certainly don't think you're going to get that from Arteta.
0: I I don't think it's because I think he's a walkover, by the way. I think he needs a hard bastard around him because I want him to be 150% focused on coaching those players. I think he, I think, having to manage them. I think he needs the experience, doesn't
2: sense. he? He needs the experience, Does that around make him. Sense? he needs like a, yeah, he need, he needs like a a Tito Villanova or something. Right? He, like like yeah. Pep had somebody older who you know been around for a little bit longer. Or and, or, or, or maybe well, maybe not.
0: Let's go back to Arsene's downfall. He had the same coaching staff everywhere for 30, 25 or 30 years. Sure. Ferguson had Carlos Queiroz. He had Steve McClaren, he had, you know, some old, what was his, like, film? no, it wasn't Phil Neal, it was Phil someone, but, you know. Eddie Mike Phelan. Mike Phelan. But there was someone different all the time to challenge him and to beat those, and obviously Ferguson was the disciplinarian in that, and the other guys were doing the coach. You need that dynamic. You've got to have a good cop and a bad cop. And my point about Mikel is, if he's learned under Pep, we need the good cop in him, right? the bad cop is an easier game to play without the talent or the technical know-how than the good one is. So when you look at that from a dynamic perspective, that's where I'm coming at it from. And maybe we need Patrick Vieira and Mikel Arteta I don't know. Oh, now you're talking. Yeah. That would be immense.
2: And I, I, think the, I think the reality of, of the whole situation with Unai Emery is even if Unai Emery was you know, putting on peak whatever his vision of football is, it wouldn't be exciting. And I think the easiest way to galvanise Arsenal fans is bring in somebody that is going to bring an exciting brand of football into the mix, yep. number one. Um, tell the fans that we're gonna, we don't have the money to compete with Manchester City or Liverpool, at least not for the next few years. So we're going to grow our players. So if we have to let Lacazette and Aubameyang go in the summer, we're going to bring in exciting young players that are powerful, technically gifted uh, and smart, you know, like, a bit like uh, Gabriel. You know, that, that's the sort of player that we should have. And then we're going to create, uh, I mean, maybe not Dortmund this season, but, you know, like Dortmund under Tuchel. Uh, an, an exciting brand of, of mesmeric football. We're going to grow our own talent and then we're going to sell the odd Dembele for 150 million and then we're going to build into what Liverpool became. Because just remember, like when Klopp took over at Liverpool, he had people like Jordan Ibe in his squad, and Christian Benteke. I think people are completely reimagining the absolute mess that he got into and the I... improvement that just brilliant coaching did for that Liverpool side. So if, if Klopp can but do I... that...
0: But, Pete, I don't think we're that far off. I really don't. I don't think we are where Liverpool was when Clock took over. I think we're I much think further we're, ahead. I think, we've, I think we've got much further... I think we are. I think, you know, we've definitely got players that are good enough to get us not top four, top three.
1: I think we've got
2: a but great, it's like, I think we have a
1: competitive I think squad. it's like we've been saying that it's like, is this a good team or is it not a good team? Because these are the players who are playing week in and week out and can't even muster. More than a couple of shots against Southampton. I know the confidence is gone, but you know, I think there's 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 another l- line of thinking which says, um, How do we do a clear out? Culturally, there's something wrong in the club, it's rotten to the core. Let's ship off some players we can get, we can still get some money for. Let's build a team, maybe Martinelli up front, Nicotia, Willock, build the team around those types of players, bit like Lampard has done get rid of the likes of Louise and, you know, sell one of the Lacazette on Aubameyang uh, and and try and evolve the team into something fresh because... Uh, if that's
0: what you've got to do, do we accept that Lacazette and Oba are going to go? I
1: think, one the, of them. I think that you've got to
2: sell Oba this summer. If there's a £50 million bid or a £60 million bid coming in from Barcelona, you've got to sell a guy who's hitting 30 that's got a game built around uh, I think. Pace, right?
0: I think if you get the right manager in that shows him, he'll, he'll do a one-year extension pending whatever it is.
2: I think, you've, I, I think the future is in a player like Gabriel, like somebody that's willing to press.
0: Right. Well, you know, I will still
2: take got, that. I, like a, but I
0: still think we need someone that's going to score 30 goals in a season for the next two years. Otherwise, we're fucked. Even if we're rebuilding... I'm
2: excited, Ash. We should have got Mourinho, shouldn't we? No, don't no, think like that. No, no, don't no, no. That. Don't say that. So, but uh, I do think
0: an Arteta, or a, and I do think Poch could
2: do it. I can't believe that. We're, we're all in agreement that Arteta is the future, and we're going to get very excited by him. It's going to be a three-year plan. Uh, he's going to bring some uh, some sauce back to the dugout. He's going to bring a, a better hairstyle, better brand of football, and uh, a more cohesive vision of where we want to go, I think it could be very exciting. So I one, final, the big, the big one question. final
1: question. Would he go halfway through the season? I
0: think, I think for the I Arsenal job. I don't think that's job, an issue.
2: Yeah, I think yeah, for I think the Arsenal would. job, surely, right? I mean,
0: and I think, given the Van Bronckhorst conversation we had a couple of weeks ago, I think he definitely would. The real question is, does he have a backroom staff? And... Is he alright with Freddie being around? I, uh, that's no. that's a bigger question, I, I right? Think,
2: I think the bigger question is how do Arsenal get him round the negotiation table because it... it, it well,
0: throw it, cash it, at the problem. No, but, the no, 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 scenario? no,
2: I don't I don't I don't mean you throw the cash at the problem. It's so uh, Arsenal led him down the garden path last time and then <laughs> Brought Unai Emery in last minute. I can't imagine that, that was great for his relationship with Pep.
0: I, I would like to think he's got more class than that, which is why we want him in the first place. But like, but,
2: what's, but what does he? What does we he do? we talking as, about class, didn't we? Uh, yeah, but as soon as he enters negotiations, that's a disruption to um, to Pep. It's almost like you know, does he end up? You know, if, if it doesn't work out, does he end up getting fired? So very, a very these, precarious I, position he's being put in.
0: No, 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 I disagree. I think football's a different world. Like we see this stuff all the time. I don't think he's going to set himself on fire to get the Arsenal job. I think we all, if we want him to, hopefully we'd make an approach. And these things are done in 24, 36 hours. You know, it's not the days of Neil Warnock. I would have had the Chelsea job if I wasn't stuck in traffic anymore.
1: <laughs>
2: you know, um, Neil Warnock is actually on the market, right? So, <laughs> mate, Neil Warnock, we got Pardy running up and down the touchline. Could- we've got
1: we've got, we've got Pardy already.
2: Yeah, but I th- you know the the interesting thing about all of this is the it almost feels like the only option <laughs> available to Arsenal, the only realistic option now looks like it's, it's Arteta, right?
0: This is Arsenal Football Club and if these guys got any balls, the big the first phone call you make be to Man City. I want your manager. And if you want a good <laughs> Actually, if you Are you on the source? What have you uh, been smoking? No, but come on, if you want a bit of good PR, do you want a good PR? Man City turned down requests from Arsenal Football Club. That would be a great bit of PR though, wouldn't it? <laughs> what have they been smoking over what, at the Emirates? What has been going on at the Emirates? <laughs>
2: All right, guys. Um, okay, this, is
0: so now, this is the despair
2: we're in now. This is the despair we're in, yeah. Uh, th- okay, so I've, I've, had, I've had you on for a whopping 55 minutes. Um, uh, thank you for joining the podcast. I expect that we're going to find out within the next two weeks whether Runa Emery is going to be binned. Uh, and, then we, and then we really do move into it, the excitement of speculation about how Arsenal can possibly fuck it up next. Um, so thank you for joining, Ash. Cheers, boys. Thanks, Matt.
1: Cheers, Matt.
2: Get right to the romance and find the way to wow this Valentine's with 1 800flowers.com. From classic roses and bouquets to decadent chocolate covered berries, gourmet treats, and more. Surprise your Valentine with one eight hundred flowers Right now, get the eighteen stem enchanted rose medley for
0: thirty nine ninety nine, or upgrade to twenty four red roses for ten dollars more. Go to one eight hundred flowers Slash, tune in. That's one eight hundred flowers
2: Slash, tune in. Sports Social Podcast Network.